It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. Now, there is uh, some hope on uh, the horizon that uh, maybe by uh, the end of uh, next week we'll see fewer deaths and uh, fewer people in ICU, fewer people in hospital and less pressure on hospital. Uh, the Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan, said yesterday, while we are starting to see the early results of our collective effort to minimise uh, the transmission of the virus, we are very sadly reporting the additional 93 deaths that we heard about yesterday. And he said we cannot afford to, to drop our guard against the very high levels of infection that remain in the community at present. COVID-19 ICU and hospitalisation numbers are of critical concern to the public health health officials representing a very significant pressure on healthcare workers and on the provision of acute medical and surgical non-COVID care. Tony Houlihan said we need everyone to stay at home other than essential workers who are out for essential reasons. The more that each individual follows the advice in their everyday lives, the more we can drive down the spread of COVID-19 and minimise the impact on vital healthcare services, patients and frontline workers. Dr Alona Duffy is a GP based in Monaghan and uh, the Director of NE Doc. And a very good morning to you, Dr Duffy, and thanks as always for joining us on the programme this morning. I suppose we were warned to expect numbers uh, such as that terrible amount of deaths yesterday, 93 people uh, who have uh, families mourning their loss uh, today. Uh, but despite uh, what we might have been expecting, uh, it came as an awful lot, uh, an awful shock to an awful lot of us, I think. I think, yeah, I think it's something that probably was expected for those who are in the planning for COVID and that we know, now know that we're kind of, we've, we've kind of started to see the reduction, as you've already said, in the numbers who are presenting with COVID-type symptoms in the community. And that's great. But we still are now seeing the people who are developing the problems as, as a result of having COVID. So typically what we find is people get their symptoms and are unwell in themselves for the first week and usually start to improve by the end of that week. The cough, the temperatures and everything will ease a bit. And while they still may have some residual symptoms, they definitely are on the road to recovery. However, a percentage of people start to deteriorate again and find themselves becoming more short of breath, maybe perhaps having chest pain, 
oxygen levels dropping, etc. And these are the people who we worry about because these are the people that there's a high probability that they're developing, you know, COVID complications and may require extra help, be it and we may be able to treat them in the community or we, they may require hospitalisation. And unfortunately, these are also the people that may end up in ICU and unfortunately mm. may not survive that. And every so one of the patients in hospital, which is around 2,000 yeah. at the moment and is expected to be over the course of this week and next week, every one of those patients needs some assistance uh, in health them to breed. Absolutely. I think that we're seeing high numbers in ICU and in HDU, which is the high dependence mm. unit where they may not be ventilated, but some, many of them will be requiring assistance with their breathing pressure to keep the air flowing into their lungs. And we can expect those numbers to continue remaining high for another week at least, and if not two weeks, because all of the people from last week who've been ill will be moving into that phase where a percentage of those will be the people who will continue to deteriorate. So I think the hospitals are going to remain under huge pressure over the next few weeks. They're going to see further rises in admissions. And I think that's where our problem is, because also the hospitals have got to be available to deal with other problems, such as the heart attack, people in road traffic accidents, any other kind of major illnesses that require a hospitalisation and potentially an ICU bed. So I think while we're doing the work on the ground, and it is to be welcomed that we're definitely seeing a drop, and in the last two days a dramatic drop in the numbers presenting, which is proof that people are adhering to the guidance, I think nobody can become complacent. We are still not on top of this virus Mm. yet, and very easily those numbers could start to rise again if we don't contain it and if we don't adhere to all of the guidance, which is, again, as you've already said, staying away from people, minimising your contacts. And that includes things like going into the shop, try and limit it to one family member going in the way we did back in March, April, May, not the whole family going out shopping. Let's drop the numbers dramatically mm. again. Or click and collect, uh, not go into the shop, in other words. Yeah, uh, well, so, you know, the food mm. shopping I'm kind of talking mm. about here, like we're mm. still, I think if you walk into the supermarkets, if you look back to the beginning of mm. this, you know, there were very few people in the supermarkets. They were very lonely, isolated looking places. Mm. Now they're busy places, perhaps because people get that bit of a buzz of going out and being out and about. But yeah. we've got to forget that in and out fast, mm. one person from the family doing the shopping. Yeah. I, I, I think that's it. I think people uh, like, <laughs> understandably so, a bit of simulation. Uh, from yeah. something as simple as going into a shop uh, but you can get your groceries uh, at least in some of the shops on click and collect or have them delivered or whatever yep. the case may be but if everybody was to do that uh, I mean if we were to, con- to continue with these level 5 uh, restrictions and everybody was to do the right thing over the course of uh, the next couple of weeks would that result in uh, the numbers coming down uh, and us getting to a stage where we wouldn't be reporting 20, 30, 40 50, 60, 70, 80, 93 people who have lost their lives to COVID. Absolutely. I mean, this is within our power to reduce the numbers and therefore reduce the deaths. But it's only going to happen if we reduce the overall numbers of COVID in the community. And they've got to rapidly drop. I think we're still over 2,000. We have got to be getting it to under 200 and well even below that. That's what we were advised by NEFID well before Christmas, that really in the lead up to Christmas, they had hoped the numbers would be below 100. And as we know, we never mm. got anywhere near that. And that's why we had such an explosion. So the now other side of that yeah. is that the 93 people who uh, were uh, recorded as having lost their lives uh, due to COVID it yesterday could be with us today had we all acted differently over the course of the last month or so. Oh gosh, Michael, that's a, that's a hard, yeah. um, oh, a hard know, thing common, isn't it? Yeah. And I suppose what isn't I say it? is, look, you know, for those people who've died, in no way am I going to add to their pain mm. by saying it's their fault and if they had stayed at home and not visited at Christmas. Some of that may be true, but some of it not. I think, you know, 
in a way, it's a horrible expression, we are where we are, but we are where we are now. What can we do moving forward? How can we reduce the debt? We know we have positive things coming online. We have the vaccination being rolled out. Already, most of our nursing homes have been vaccinated, meaning the residents and those who work in there. And there is a hope that the majority will be done by the end of this weekend. I've been made aware that there's a big push on vaccines diverted to the nursing homes so that the, the majority will all be vaccinated within the next week. And obviously, the acute hospital settings are being done. And then out in general practice, many GPs mm. and, the, and their nurses have been vaccinated. And the hope is that within the next fortnight that the full GP teams will be vaccinated. Have, have you been vaccinated yet, Dr. Duffy? I'm very lucky. I Because yeah. I volunteered to work in the COVID hub, I got vaccinated a week ago. So I've had my first dose, which mm. is very reassuring for me. So it means that when working in the hub where I'm meeting COVID-positive patients, I don't have to be as anxious. Well, not yet, though, does it? I, I thought there was no real effect for 11 days? Well, um, I, I mean, I suppose I probably still have some immunity perhaps from having of had course, the virus as well. Mm. And I think, yes, there's some, still some hope that all the time you're building up that immunity. Mm. So I feel kind of reassured. And I think that's really important because what we want is we want to have it that at least if our healthcare workers, people like myself, carers in the home, people in nursing homes, mm. people in the hospitals are feeling that they, they're not as at risk. Remember, we could still become infected with it and we could still mm. be contagious to others. Yeah. But with the vaccine, it means we're less likely to get complications and end up in the hospital. So I think our big thing is it will allow us to do more work, see more patients, albeit in still in a safe environment wearing PPE mm. and with reduced numbers. But I think our big message is that we want to see things improve, that we can open up all the services again to a higher level than they are at present. When do you think that will be? We just heard uh, doctors Mike Ryan and Bruce Elward uh, tell a uh, meeting of uh, the World Health Organisation uh, that it'll be at least six months before we can get back to that kind of normality. I think so, because I think uh, the European Commission have asked that, you know, there's a big push on with all European states. Number one, that uh, I think by the end of March, that 80 percent of all those over 80 will be vaccinated and 80 percent of all healthcare workers will be vaccinated. So we're we're kind of on the way towards that, but I don't think we're going to reach that. But they also hope that 70 percent of all adults will be vaccinated by the end of the summer. That's that's going to be a challenge. And we'll see if that can be met. Um, As you're probably aware, a deal has been done with the with the GPs that they will um, start the vaccination programme for the for those who are over 70. Now, it will start with mm. the higher age group, 85, then 80, 75 and 70, all based on, on how fast the vaccine comes in and all based on us being able to get the, the, the Oxford, which is the, um, AstraZeneca, the AstraZeneca vaccine. Because the Pfizer one is too cold, this minus 70 is too cold to start giving to GPs. So when uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca comes in, uh, it's hoped that uh, GPs and pharmacists will roll it out. Are, are you ready for that moment uh, when the uh, vials start to come into the country and into GP practices? Are you ready to start saying to people, uh, come into us uh, and get vaccinated? Well, I think almost a thousand GPs were on a webinar last night kind of giving us some information about and telling us how to to think about planning for this. Because remember, Michael, it's very difficult. We're going to be trying to contain, you know, keep going with our daytime surgeries, which are really, really busy. We can't necessarily have patients coming in sitting for 15 minutes in the daytime. So we're either going to have to kind of reduce down some of the daytime services or run evening clinics or look at running clinics perhaps in areas like churches or 
um, halls that we might get the loan of so that we will be able to have people sitting there for the full 15 minutes because this is very different. They will have to sit in the building where we are in case of an adverse reaction. And it is doable, but it's going to be, it's got to be a lot of work and obviously organising the appointments, making sure we have enough staff there to support us and arranging then the follow-up appointment and ensuring that the patients come back and get the appointment, their, their repeat vaccine three to four weeks later, depending on what's advised with each vaccine. So it's a body of work. It will be done. Just to say that um, it, we're not all going to be reliant on the community on getting the, the Oxford vaccine, the AstraZeneca one. There are going to be large community vaccination clinics where people will be able to register and go in and GPs will also be asked not only to provide vaccines in their surgeries, but also to volunteer along with our pharmacy colleagues to give the vaccines in these kind of vaccine hubs. So that will allow um, the more unstable vaccines like the Pfizer one and the Moderna one to be given to large numbers as well. Okay, we'll leave it there and thank you as always uh, for joining us uh, this morning. That's uh, Dr. Lona Duffy, who's a GP based in Monaghan and Medical Director of NE Doc. Michael Reed on LMFM. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.